Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Detour Life. Detour Life is a game changer for both family law professionals and clients alike. Detour Life is an innovative online program which guides clients to easily input and organize the exhaustive document and financial disclosure process and provides professionals with streamlined and secure case management. In addition, Detour Life has comprehensive client onboarding, a secure document repository, income and expense sync, parenting plan agreement features, and much more. I use Detour Life myself, and honestly, one of my favorite features, and one that my clients love as well, is that they can securely link all of their financial accounts directly to the Detour Life platform so that their information is automatically uploaded and updated as time goes on. So whether you're getting a divorce or are a divorce professional, I urge you to check it out yourself. Go to Detour Life, that's D-T-O-U-R dot L-I-F-E, and sign up for their free 14-day trial. Then use code SUSAN20 to get 20% off a subscription. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. And another thing is what to expect. So probably the worst part of divorce is fear because you don't know what to expect. So I wanted to write articles that our people can read and say, or listen to my podcast of what they can expect because that takes so much anxiety and stress and fear away if you just have an idea of what you're walking into. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we're going to be joined by Divorce Girl Smiling, Jackie Pilosoff. Jackie, thank you so much for coming. Uh, thanks for having me, Susan. This is, I've been looking forward to taping this episode. You and I had a lot of fun a few weeks ago, and I taped an episode on your podcast, The Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. Um, and I have to tell you, I've been getting a lot of great comments uh, about that topic that you and I sort of dove into about why it's not very helpful to call your ex a narcissist, even if they are. A um, lot of comments about it. That's one of those hot topics. And I think we have another one for today. So I'm excited to go into this. Same. So you gave me a few ideas. You have a, so a lot of wonderful ideas. But one of the things that we sort of honed in on was eight reasons why your ex may be hateful towards you, why they're being such an ass. Right. Like, and, and I honestly, this is as a divorce attorney, 30 years plus, I've heard this so many times from clients that, you know, it's been months, it's been years, it's been such a long time and they still won't get over it. So that's what we're going to dive into for people today. We have a lot of that uh, great uh, insights for you, from you about that. But first, I just want to let everybody know a little bit about you because um, you're going to share a little bit about your backstory. But first, I do want everyone to know that you're the creator 
and editor-in-chief of Divorce Girl Smiling, which is such a fantastic name. It's just, it brings everything all together in words. And that is a website, a podcast, and soon you're going to be having launching a new app. So you have all kinds of resources for people. Um, and this all sort of stemmed from your own divorce, I think, about seven or eight years ago. Um, you're also a journalist and, and have been an author for years. So right here in Chicago for the Chicago Tribune. So you have a lot of experience of writing, but you decided to share your experience um, as Divorce Girl Smiling. Um, so, so tell us a little bit of that backstory that brought you here. Okay. So again, Susan, thank you so much for having me on. This is very exciting and I love your podcast. Um, so first of all, I've been divorced for 14 oh. years. Uh, <laughs> so it's a good um, way to start what I'm about to say, because when I got divorced, I didn't know one person who was divorced. I felt like I was the first one in my community. I had two kids who were three and five. I didn't have any family living in my town. And I really felt isolated. I felt very alone. I felt scared. And online back then wasn't what it is today, but there was still a an online thing. It was still a thing. And there was nothing out there. there. I didn't know how to get resources. I didn't have anyone to connect with. And it really was an awful feeling. So I decided a few years later that I was going to get the word out to people and try to help them so that nobody felt that way anymore. And so what I built is a community for people to connect with each other, to read articles, since I'm a journalist, and also to get resources, professionals they can call for help as well. So that's my story. Yeah, well, and it's it's come together so beautifully, and I think you're right. The number one thing people say they feel as they're going through divorce is that sense of isolation, like it's only happening to them. And when you can find that community of people who are experiencing what you're experiencing and you know that you're not alone, it just lightens the load that much more. But also a trusted resource, having a place where you can go to get you know, real advice that you can trust and find out who you can call um, as a professional is, is such a wonderful, you know, thing for the people who are going through this because you get at that time when you're going through all that emotion, you can't even think clearly. And another thing is what to expect. So probably the worst part of divorce is fear because you don't know what to expect. So I wanted to write articles that are people can read and say or listen to my podcast of what they can expect because that takes so much anxiety and stress and fear away if you just have an idea of what you're walking into. Right. And it's not always going to be a picture of sunshine and roses, but right. at least knowing the difficulties that are coming or what to expect makes so much sense and is, is such a wonderful thing for people. Um, so I do encourage people and we'll talk more at the end of the episode and I'll put um, links to everything in the show notes, but I do encourage everyone to go check out all of the resources that you have at divorcegirlsmiling.com. Um, so, but let's dive into this topic because this is an example, everyone, of what you will find 
on the website. This uh, topic actually stems from one of the blog articles that you wrote and posted. And when I picked it, I didn't know you just told me this is your number one blog on the website. I knew when I read about the topic, it just spoke to me because I know this is such a sore point for people. And you know, the first thing I want to, to emphasize is why you think it's important for people to understand why their ex is being hateful, why they're being so angry and nasty. Okay, so when people get divorced, there's usually one person who wants it to be amicable and one person is like the angry person. It's not always the man, it's not always the woman, it's just, you know, one person's pissed. (laughs) And so... It's, that's very painful for both people, for the person who's angry and for the person who's dealing with the angry spouse. And the reason I wrote this article is for people who are the ones who have an ex who's angry. If you understand the reasons why he or she is angry, it doesn't make it less difficult, but it kind of gives you an understanding that might give you some compassion and then it it makes it softer almost. So it helps you deal with it a little bit better. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And you use the word that this topic brought up for me, which is compassion. Because when I we go through these eight reasons why your ex is, you know, being a jerk to you or being hateful, I think people are going to see that if you understand the underlying emotion behind their behavior, behind the, the emotional content for them, it at least makes it easier to deal with because you can feel a little bit of compassion. Some, some, it can be hard. Sometimes their behavior makes it difficult. But let's dive into some of those reasons because they really are the, the core here. Uh, your first topic, and I think these are probably, because these are two um, emotions that come up in every divorce. I don't know anyone who hasn't experienced stress and fear. Right. So, you know, the divorce process, that that transition in life is probably one of the most stressful situations a person will ever endure. And so with the stress comes fear, fear of finances, fear of, will the kids be okay? Fear of, am I going to be alone forever? fear of, do I have to go back to work? So when somebody's fearful, some people turn into a big jerk. So fear causes anger. And I can't believe you're doing this to me. You're ruining my life, you know? And so they're so fearful that they take that fear and they take it out on you. So that, that is, um, and one thing I, I want to say about all of these things is, So my dad, who is probably one of the, no, I would say he was the smartest person I've ever known, meaning just giving good life advice. And he used to say, whenever I was angry with anyone, not just my ex, anyone in life who wronged me or was acting a certain way I didn't like, he would say, well, don't get angry. So-and-so's just a poor soul. So there you go. My dad had the compassion to just say, you know what, it's not you, it's something else. And and for that reason, the person is a poor soul. The person is not, don't get angry back because that doesn't help anything. 
No, and that is our first reaction, right? Or our first initial response when someone comes at us with nastiness is to fight back with more nastiness. And that's just that downward spiral. So I love your dad. <laughs> that's, the, that's great advice. And maybe you can say that in your head. It, it, to me, it's the Southern thing of, oh, bless your heart. Because I, 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 I lived with my best friends from Dallas. And I, so I learned that about 30 years ago. And I swear, I say, oh, bless your heart a million times in my head when someone's not being nice to me. <laughs> so, or you poor soul from your dad. Um, now, the next one, I, I have to say this one I've seen a lot. And I actually predict this for clients who come in and say, um, you know, they're being oh so nice right now. And I say, well, wait until the guilt kicks in. Wait until, you know, that starts because only for a certain period of time can they handle feeling badly about themselves or guilty. And then it turns to the anger and the nasty. Right. I am constantly amazed that a person leaves his wife or husband, woman leaves her husband. And at first they're really, really nice. And then for some reason, they just get really, really mean. And you're right. It's the guilt. And what happens is they're nice at first and then they get sick of being nice. And they're like, well, wait a minute. And they start to resent all this stuff that the other person did in the marriage. And they somehow rationalize it in their head that it was your fault that we're getting divorced, even though I was the cheater. And so, and that's really lack of self-awareness too. And so they take this guilt that they have and they channel it to you and they somehow make it your fault. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy making too, actually, right? Like, you're like, how do you even defend yourself against that? But again, understanding, I mean, I... I think this one is one, if you know that they have done something they might feel guilty over, then expect that if they're they're still in that phase of, this is going to be easy, whatever you want, I'll give it to you, we're going to be fine, you know, at, sooner or later, the, that, those, that will turn to anger or to that blaming or something because it's just too difficult for humans to handle that much guilt for that long. Right, right. Yeah. And that kind of lends itself into the the next topic, which is self-hate. Right. Um, it kind they kind of go together. Well, yes and no. So somebody can be feel guilty and have self-hate, or somebody can just have self-hate. Right. But self-hate. I don't. I'm not a therapist or anything, but I think there's a term called transference, which basically oh, means yeah. that if you hate yourself it's easier to subconsciously transfer that self-hatred and hate your ex instead. So you're really, you know, I've heard people say things like, well, she's this, 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 and this. And then really they're talking about themselves. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be a psychologist because I'm not, but I've learned a lot in talking to healthy divorced people and not healthy and everybody in between. Yeah. Well, and that's, but it's very true. Somebody who's truly unhappy with themselves is unhappy with everybody else. You know, it's much easier to look out than in. Right. Blames everyone else for everything. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this next one is, I would say, I mean, I, I have a client going through it right now where they were getting along just fine until the advent of a new significant other in their ex's life. 
So your number four is the new girlfriend, the new husband, the new significant other. Right. Okay. This is a great example, the best way to explain it. So I know this woman who had a pretty good relationship with her ex, and then he met someone, and the woman had a horrible relationship with her ex. So she didn't know that it was possible to have a healthy relationship because all she knew was her situation. So she made it really difficult. And a new spouse can actually talk somebody into being angry. Like, wait a minute, why are you paying her that much? I only get this much. Um, Another thing, like, why are you letting her switch days with the kids? Why are you doing that? And then the guy might say, well, because it's better for the kids. I'd rather not do that than have her get a babysitter. I'll take the kids. And then the girl goes, well, you know, that's just not fair. So a new spouse can really dictate and change a person's mind especially because they're so whipped on the new girlfriend that they want to make it work and they're so excited and they think she's the greatest thing in the world. So just be aware of that. That's that's a real possibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, it will go one of two ways, usually. It will either go swimmingly well and the new significant other is another wonderful person to have in your children's lives or they can ramp up your ex. Um, and unfortunately, I see that. Great point, because it could go another way. The new wife could say to the guy, you know what? You're you're not being reasonable. Let her switch with the kids. Yeah. It's okay. I've seen Yeah, and you hope and it's that, that way. Too. So give it a, a chance. I've actually known, I'm trying Very to remember, I just interviewed a guest and she was talking about the fact, oh, our, our good our Kate, friend Kate um, Anthony. Um, Kate was talking about the fact that when her ex- first uh, met his significant other, she and the significant other did not get along well. And now they are best of friends. His, her ex's current wife and, and um, Kate get along swimmingly. And she said it was when she you know, realized that she needed to step back, but also let this new person into her child's life and into her ex's life. And now everybody gets along great. And they're a triumvirate of parenting, which is awesome. But you don't see that all the time. And kids love that so much. They thrive so much when they see all of the adults getting along. It warms them. It makes them feel comfortable and secure. Like it everybody it's, has their it's back. Honestly, Everyone's on the same it's hard team. for us to do as the adults. The and the number one thing we should just suck it up and do if we can. Um, so understanding why your ex is behaving like an ass is also helpful because if you can have that compassion and remember, maybe another reason for understanding it is to remember that they're still your children's other parent and you need to you know, try to have some compassion for what they're going through so that you can work through things and still co-parent together. Although with number five here, that can be difficult. Um, when you have number five is addiction issues or mental illness. And frankly, if somebody is in the throes of addiction or struggling with mental illness issues untreated, then it can be very difficult to you know, work with that person. Well, this is the only one of all of these that you truly have absolutely no control over because a person who is an addict 
will blame you for everything and you cannot win. So my advice in the article was say this to yourself. I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not an addiction counselor. He or she needs yeah. professional help and I need to take a step back. That's Addiction 101. If anybody listening has ever been to Al-Anon or, you know, this is where they teach you or even in therapy that you really have to let go and say he or she is mad at me and it's their own addiction blaming me. There is nothing I can do. It's really hard. It's really sad. Yeah, and, but and never will. This is the only one that really you have absolutely no control. At yeah. All. And, and never will. There's not one moment of time. Unless they get help. Then they may have control, but you're never going to have control. I mean, that's that. You can't force them into recovery. You can't force them into therapy. And you can't force them to deal with their demons. So, um, and, you know, the next one I think is probably the most common reason why someone's being a a jerk or being hateful to you. And that's really the experience of of hurt and pain, right? You know, everybody goes through some level of hurt and pain as they go through a divorce. There's a an element of rejection in the ending of a marital relationship. Um, and frankly, no matter what we all think, none of us are perfect. And and it's probably true that we've done some hurtful things to them that they have a right to be hurt for mm-hmm. or over. Right. And people cover up intense pain and hurt with anger and hate. Those are the protective shields over their wounds. And I think that is so sad because the way to deal with hurt and pain is really to admit it, acknowledge it, get it out, either through a journal or talking to someone or scream and cry, whatever you need to do to acknowledge that you're hurt and if you can be vulnerable enough to do that, you won't be so angry, you know? But again, we're talking to the people whose spouses are doing this. So you can't tell your spouse, scream and cry and cover up your pain, you know, stop covering up your pain with anger. People have to figure that out for themselves. But I will say, you know, if you're having an argument with your ex and the person's being really mean and they're very angry, you could say, you really seem very hurt and you seem like you're in a lot of pain. And they they might be like, oh, screw you, you know. But even if they say that, maybe they'll think about it and say, if you're in a lot of pain, why don't you talk to somebody about your pain? And I'm really sorry that you're in pain. And just see what happens. You know, you just never know. Hello, Divorce and Beyond family. Susan here, and I'm excited to announce the launch of a brand new resource page on the website for you. I always say that you need to educate yourself when you're going through divorce because knowledge truly is power. And I think reading is one of the best ways that you can gain that knowledge. So I've compiled a list of my recommended books and reading on all topics related to divorce. We've got finance, parenting, emotional regulation, healing, and a lot more. So check it out on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com backslash beyond dash reading. 
Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, divorced girl smiling, Jackie Pilosoff, who outlines eight reasons why your ex is being such a jerk. Why can't it be amicable? Um, Most divorce stories are ugly and it doesn't have to be that way. And okay, yeah, we can sit here and say, it's better for the kids, it's better for the kids. Well, it's better for everybody, not just the kids. It's better for you, it's better for your ex, it's better for the outcome of your divorce. It's better for good karma, for general happiness for everybody. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Thinking of hiring a shark, bulldog, or barracuda? How to find the right attorney for your divorce with Lauren Hunt. What you need to be looking for, at least in my opinion, is somebody who's willing to take a step back, keep a level head, and understand your long-term goals, not just your goals for your specific, you know, I want to get divorced, uh, but your long-term goals. What does, do they understand what you want your life to look like in five or 10 years? And now we return to today's show. Awareness is the first step to changing things. So, um, you know, and and the next category of, of issues that here is, is that person's unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they can ca- kind of make your fault as well, right? That's there when someone's unhappy, uh, it usually leads to somebody else being responsible for that. Well, it's really interesting because over the years, like I can tell, and I'm good friends with my ex and I really like him a lot, but we've been divorced for 14 years. I would hope we would have a decent relationship, but you know, I can tell if he's unhappy, if he's kind of mean, I can tell something happened. I can almost spot it. And it usually has nothing to do with me. And so you know, if somebody is unhappy in general, especially during a divorce, they don't want anybody to be happy. And all they can see is what's going on with themselves. So they might just want to go to war. They might just want to be combative because it helps them deal with their unhappiness. So again, don't take it personally. Like I always go, I wonder what's happening. Like, you know, well, it's such a good point because I think it's Brene Brown who always says the stories we tell ourselves, like something external to us happens. And in our minds, we will come up with how it involves us, how we either caused that person's bad mood or we, you know, we did something wrong. And so much of the time, it has absolutely nothing to do with us, but we do tend to internalize it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I have to tell you, number eight here, I think is the most significant point. I was so happy to see it in here because this is really the topic that I talk about whenever I'm talking about divorce. This is what my passion is because everyone thinks divorce sucks. Divorce is the worst thing that ever happened to you. And divorce means war. So your number eight is it's expected. Right. Why does everybody think it has to be like that? Because of what you see on TV, maybe what you see in the media, celebrities are fighting, you know, or what people have seen from their friends around them. But it's it's like, why can't it be amicable? Um, most divorce stories are ugly and it doesn't have to be that way. And OK, yeah, we can sit here and say it's better for the kids. It's better for the kids. 
Well, it's better for everybody, not just the kids. It's better for you. It's better for your ex. It's better for the outcome of your divorce. It's better for good karma, for general happiness for everybody. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? People think I'm getting divorced. This is going to be the worst. It's all out war. We're going, you know, and, and immediately not only the person, the two people getting divorced, but everyone around them sort of sides up for war. And, you know, that's the the marching out to go hire the shark attorney and the, you know, the distrust and, and all of the anger that somewhat just continues to get ramped up. And I always say, what if you expected that your divorce was going to be amicable? What, how, from the beginning, how could that change things? So I love that you have that in there, that, you know, th- consider that maybe that's just a societal expectation and doesn't have to be the reality of your world. And a friend might say like, I can't believe you're being so nice to him. I mean, he cheated on you. And what the friend doesn't realize is that that's not helping because the friend is not seeing the whole big picture. You know, she's only protecting her girlfriend and saying this jerk cheated on you. Why would you ever give him the time of day again? Um, okay, because we have kids together, we're trying to make this work, we're co-parenting, so I'm going to take the high road and not focus on the cheating, but focus on what's ahead, our business deal of a divorce, and our children. Oh, you just said the great phrase, the business deal of a divorce. This is not about your emotions, although it feels like it's all about your emotions, it is a business deal. Um, and the more you can keep it on that footing. The other thing that I think, you know, significantly to what you just said about the friend sort of supporting their their girlfriend or their their friend by saying those things, they're falling into the societal norm as well, right? They're they're not counseling their friend, you know, think about your kids, think about moving forward, think about a positive future. They're, you know, jumping on the the hate bandwagon, unfortunately. So you know, what are the, the top tips you tell people for, you know, recognizing all of these and then what should they do about it? Well, remember two things. First, you have no control over your ex's journey, his or her anger, or what he or she does or says. You only have control of how you act and present yourself in your divorce and in the world in general. Um, So that's number one. And then the other thing is um, you have all the control of letting your anger go as well. So like I remember, I know this woman and she used to say to me, I want to let go of my anger, but I just don't even know how. You know, she's like, I'm so angry. I just don't even know how. I hate him. He cheated on me and I will never, ever, ever forgive him. And I said, listen, you don't have to forgive or forget, okay? Well, I should say that's true, but there are so many benefits of forgiveness that benefit you. You don't have to forget. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting, but forgiving means opening up your heart and saying, I'm not going to dwell on what happened in the past after you mourn this. 
but I'm going to focus more on if I let this go, it's going to open up my heart to let in love from other people, to have a good life ahead, to be a better mother, parent, to put myself out there in the world with less baggage. And there's just so many benefits to forgiveness. Just forgive. I'm not saying let it go and say, oh, he cheated. That's okay. I'm just going to forget about it. No, you'll never forget what happened and that's okay. But just think to yourself, A, maybe the marriage wasn't perfect. Maybe I had some kind of role in this. And right now, if you're saying like, screw you, Jackie, I did not. I never saw this coming. (laughs) I know there are people saying that right (laughs) Right? now. And if that's the case, that's okay too. But what good is it going to do for you to hold on to that anger and bitterness and focus on it all the time? It's toxic. Just let it go. Get rid of it and focus on your future and your own path ahead. I, I I could not agree with that more, what, what you're saying there. And I've seen it, unfortunately, unfold as the lady that you mentioned. I uh, just was recently at an event. And, you know, when people find out you're a divorce attorney, they love to tell you about their divorce. And this woman <laughs> told me the entire, I always feel it's like a doctor, right? Oh, my back, or could you look at my elbow? I get the, oh, let me tell you about my divorce. And a, a woman told me you know, this long tale about her husband had cheated on her, and then he was hiding money, and he did this, and he did that. And at the end of the whole recitation, which took quite some time, she mentioned that it was 27 years ago. 27 years that she's been living in that past. As you just said, give yourself the future. And it was you know so what sad. People like that, nobody wants to be around them because nobody wants to hear it. Like every time there's this woman I know, and every time I run into her, she tells me something about her ex-husband who, and I feel terrible, he cheated on her, he got remarried. And okay, But every single time, and it's been like 10 years, maybe more. And what I want to say to her is people don't want to hear about this anymore. And you're just going to alienate people away from you. Like, oh, I know a woman who had a really successful retail store and she got divorced because her husband cheated and the store is now closed and it was so successful. And I said to someone like, what happened? And the person's like, you know, her customers got tired of hearing about her divorce. And we're not saying nobody cares and that you can't vent to your best friends, but that's what therapy's for. That's what faith is for. That's what the gym's for. There's so many good coping mechanisms. And when you're with other people, everybody has hard lives in some way. So why not, when you're with people, turn it around and say, like, how are you doing? And they're going to tell you some problem they have, whether it's health-wise, money-wise, relationship-wise, whatever. And then you're going to really think to yourself, boy, I'm lucky in a lot of other aspects right. from life. Right. So such a good, I mean, it's such a good point. And, and by staying in that time, staying in your divorce, staying in the emotions of your divorce, being angry or hateful towards your ex, you're you're only staying there. You're only going to continue to live in a past that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, But but it is a good point that, you know, what we're talking about here, because the 
the topic and, and your article is, you know, eight reasons why they might be angry at you. One of the reasons somebody in your the comments actually on the website said, what if you've done what if you did something and they're justifiably mad at you? What if you did you're the cheater or the liar or the bad person? Shouldn't, you know, maybe they have every right to be mad at you. But I think it goes to what you were just saying. Well, you know, here's yeah. the thing. You can you should only apologize to somebody once or twice about the same thing. You can't live your life apologizing forever. And every little thing then that happens, you know, you have to say, well, you know, I'm sorry you lost your job because you were upset because we got divorced two years ago because I cheated. I mean, like, you know, you can only apologize once, really. And yeah. then also like understand and just, you might have to just kind of put your head down and deal with the anger a little and realize that, yeah, maybe I caused this and I do feel bad about it, but it shouldn't ruin your life and you shouldn't have to live your life sucking up to somebody for 10 years. I think that that's such a, the, the apologizing is a very important factor in all of this. And I always say to people, you know, because I'm, I, represent people who have cheated on their spouses or who have done really crappy things. Um, and, you know, I say to them, maybe consider that the divorce process is your opportunity to rebuild some trust with your ex, to rebuild your integrity, because you did fall down. We all fall down. We all make mistakes. We all do things we wish we hadn't or shouldn't have done. And so if you take the opportunity, instead of turning it into that battle to say, I am sorry, I am going to do what I can to keep my word to you as we go forward, not in the same way, but as you said, it is a business relationship. You're going to say, I will pay the mortgage on time. Then do it. And start to rebuild that trust. Funny, somebody told me that their spouse, ex, soon-to-be spouse, said to them, soon-to-be ex-spouse said, you know, we had a really bad marriage. Let's have a good divorce. And I, I know it could be a tagline. You know, yeah. But, but the thing is, the guy went on to do the most horrible, worst things. You know, now I'm only hearing the woman's side, but like, you're right, mean it. Yeah. Mean it, and then actually do what you're going, what you're saying you're going to do. So actually, we emphasize that in in mediation, the mediation process, all the time about this. Yes, you both have reasons why you're here, why you're getting divorced. Your past brought you here, but this is your opportunity to create a new relationship and rebuild that integrity and trust. Right. And so when you say something in this room or in this Zoom meeting or you know we put it in your agreement, understand that you should be that you need to be living up to these things. That this is your opportunity and if you fail again, you're only perpetuating what you started, you know, that I brought you that. here. And really yeah. it will make you feel so much better. You know, like if you cheated, well, this is something you can do and you'll feel so much better about yourself. Well, and it, which is a wonderful point, right? Because we don't feel good often, as, as we talked about in the eight reasons. Um, we do feel guilty. We do feel badly that we've, we've broken trust and behaved poorly. Um, so uh, rather than 
expressing it through anger or hatred or nastiness to your ex, maybe realize that this is your opportunity to create a better future with your ex, a better relationship. It's not gonna work for everyone. I know there are the yeah buts out there. There's always the yeah but, my ex did this or my ex did that. But these are such great tips for people who are really sitting there just scratching their head going, how did that person that I was married to for X years, who was my friend and partner, turn into this person? Oh my gosh, isn't it amazing? Like when you know you're getting divorced, the gloves come off. So there's this period of walking on eggshells, not sure what's gonna happen. And then when the both people know it's really happening, the gloves come off and you cannot believe you're with the same person. You stood in front of like God and all your friends and family and we're lovey-dovey kissing and committing. And now he's like your enemy. You don't even know what's gonna come next. It's, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, it really, it, it really is and it's all up here so much of it or in here. And we have, um, and we at least have control over how we respond to it. So I wanna make sure people know how to find Divorce Girls Smiling. Okay, it's really simple. You go to divorcegirlsmiling.com. <laughs> and you have a Facebook um, group as yeah. well though. Do, can they access that through the website or do they need to go to Facebook? No, they can access it through the website, but you can also go to Facebook and look up the Divorced Girl Smiling Facebook group. But I also have a Divorced Girl Smiling Facebook page. And so you can join both and then you'll get articles, you know, links to articles and little things through that too. Yeah, great articles like this one, everybody. Um, and just a quick mention, but you do have in the offing a new app that's coming out. That's pretty exciting. Yep, so I have an app hopefully coming out this month and it's just so wonderful because, Susan, we talked about this before the show. It's like your little friend you can carry in your pocket where if you get you know feeling down or you need some advice, your friend is with you. And there's all these like exercises you can do. It's really interactive. So it's it's kind of made to just give you that support when you need it. It's such a wonderful idea. Um, so I can't wait till it hits the market. And when it does, we will add it to the show notes. So Thanks. thank you so much. So Jackie, I, you know, I just have to tell you, I really appreciate you bringing this topic to my listeners. I know this is the type of information that's so easily relatable for people. And I want everyone to just, I, I wanna say, you know, take a deep breath and take this in because this is, whether you are the person who's being hateful or the person who's receiving the hateful, you know, behavior, there is so much helpful information in this. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.